Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Well, good evening, everybody. Praise the Lord. How many of you are here this morning? Wave at me. Oh, good, good. Good to see you back. Good to see you hungry. Um, some people don't realize it, but uh, the, the, the anointing that is on somebody, the way you pick it up is hanging around them. Most of the way that I minister, um, I, I, I can't say that I learned it. I picked it up from a guy named Dave Dwell. We went to Russia together a few times back in the 80s, and we'd be together for 10 days, and usually I'd preach and he'd minister to the sick. And literally during that time, because I was open to it and watching, the anointing that was on him got on me. So, so uh, sometimes people think, well, I'm just, I'm just sitting, but if you're hungry, um, it's amazing what happens just through association, just through association. But uh, we are talking again tonight on the subject of healing. And I, I just want to start with the same verse we started with this morning where Paul made this statement. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the increase. Right? When we hear a truth, it's like a seed that gets sown in our hearts. And so often people think, well, I've got it. Well, you got the seed, right? And Jesus said the way that it matures, he said, first there's a blade, then there's a stalk, then there's an ear, then there's the full grain in the ear, and then the harvest comes, right? And so often what happens is the word is planted, but we don't take the time for it to be watered and to grow to where it's not just the blade, it's the stalk, it's the ear, it's the full corn in the ear in harvest time, right? So that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing, not having heard, right? We need to keep on hearing and hearing and hearing, right? So I want to start tonight in Isaiah chapter 53. Now, for those that, that uh, may not understand that this is a prophetic psalm, literally uh, Isaiah is writing this 700 years before Jesus is born, but he's looking down like a prophetic telescope and he sees Jesus go to the cross. Um, Isaiah 53, verse 4, Dr. Isaac Lesser, by the way, this is the Jewish translation. If you're an Orthodox Jew, this is what you use, okay? It says, but only our diseases did he bear himself, and our pains he carried. Basic English. It says, but it was our pains he took, and our diseases were put on him. I think all of us recognize that at the cross, Jesus took your sin. He paid for your sin. But listen again, but it was our pains he took and our diseases were put on him. See, Jesus took not just our sin, but he took our disease. Another translation, surely our diseases did he bear and our pains he carried. Rothermath's translation. Yet surely our sicknesses he carried, and as for our pains, he carried the burden of them. 
Smith's translation says it this way. Yet it was our sickness that he bore, our pains that he carried. The next verse, by whose stripes we are healed. By whose stripes we are healed. Again, Dr. Isaac Lesser, through his bruises, there was healing granted to us. Brother Math, by the stripes, there's healing for us. Moffat's translation, the blows that fell on him brought us healing. And I've literally had people come up and say, I just don't know why God won't heal me. Look, I, I tithe, I read my Bible, I pray, I fast, I work in nursery, and I'm in the choir. And why won't God heal me? You just told me why. Because you're trying to earn it. Just like salvation is a free gift, healing is a free gift. It's by grace. And grace simply means you can't earn it and you don't deserve it. And whenever we get in that position where we're trying to earn something, right, doing it by works, we're out from under grace. Right? You can't earn your salvation. You can't earn your healing. The blows that fell to him have brought us healing. Good News Bible says we are healed by the punishment he suffered, made whole by the blows he receives. Young's translation, by his bruise, there is healing to us. And the Amplified translation, and with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Right? So at the cross, Jesus did not simply take care of our sin. Everybody that's a Christian pretty much believes that. But there's a part of the atonement that we seem to overlook, that Jesus did more than that. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he would destroy the works of the devil. Not just sin, but sickness and disease and bondage and addiction. Jesus set us free from all of those. And healing is an important part of the kingdom of God. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, God's will being done on earth like it is in heaven, that's a picture of the kingdom of God, right? So often as Christians, we're looking forward to going someplace, but what God wants to do is he wants to take the kingdom and bring it to us here, right? Your will be done on earth, right? As it is in heaven. In Matthew 12, 28, Jesus said, but if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you, right? So when there's deliverance, it's a part of the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says, and as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the repers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you received, freely give. When he talks about the kingdom, he talks about healing, he talks about deliverance. In Luke chapter 10, uh, that Matthew was uh, sending out the 12. Now in uh, Luke, he's sending out the 70. And he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. 
Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth labors into his harvest. I think it's a great thing that we have an opportunity to be an answer to Jesus' prayer. We're always praying, God, do this, God, do that. Well, Jesus prayed and, and he said, Lord, send labors, send labors. You know, when, when uh, you share the gospel, when you pray for somebody, you are being a laborer and you're literally answering Jesus' prayer. He said, go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lamb among wolves. Then he concludes and he says, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. Um, Pastor David, back there. Pastor David, get wave at me. David, David was a missionary with us in, in Mexico. And this is the song that we used to sing. Where he leads me, I will follow all they feed me, I will swallow. And, and there were some not very good things, but he said, whatever they set before you, hey, you eat it. Heal the sick that are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Heal the sick that are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Part of the kingdom of God is healing the sick. And it's... Uh, and by the way, every believer is equipped to heal the sick. Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. The list begins with, they will cast out demons. It ends with, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover, right? So first Peter chapter one says, knowing that you were redeemed, not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold, from the aimless conduct or from the lifestyle received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as is a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we're redeemed, right? literally mean to be bought back, all right? Um, what do they call those stores where you, you, you've got something and you bring it in and they give you a little bit of money and you've got 30 days to come back and get it. What do they call it? A pawn shop. That's it. You know, you take something in there, you leave it. Uh, you may bring something in that's worth $500 and you say, hey, I need 100. Now you say, why do you say only 100? Well, because you plan to buy it back and it's going to cost you 20% more than, you, than what you know, you're asking. All right. So eventually... What you want to do is you want to go back and you want to pay and get that item back, right? You redeemed it. You redeemed it. Um, maybe a better illustration. Uh, this, you got to be, how many remember S&H green stamps? Oh, this will work really well. All right. All right. Now you would go to the store and buy groceries, all right? And you'd pay with money, but they'd give you stamps and you got a book to put them in, all right? And once you'd fill that book up, you'd get a lot of books. And uh, you could get about anything. You'd get a toaster. You'd get a television. Uh, you'd get an iron. You could, you could take, you'd take it to the, the S&H Green Stamp store. And you had to have your, your, your books of green stamps. And you would redeem them. You'd give them those green stamps and you would get whatever you wanted. All right. Well, Jesus redeemed you. All right. He redeemed you with his blood. So Colossians 1 in verse 13 says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. 
Right? So he took you out of the kingdom, the domain of darkness. Right? One translation, Barclay says it this way. It is he who rescued us from the grip of the power of darkness. So Satan's domain, he had a grip on you. He had a hold on you. I love Clarence Jordan's translation. It was the father who sprang us from the jailhouse of darkness and turned us loose into the new world of his beloved son. Satan had a grip on us. He had a right to meddle in our lives. But Jesus redeemed us and he took us out of Satan's kingdom, out from under his domain, out from under his authority. The basic English says, who has made us free from the power of evil and has given us a place in the kingdom of the son of his love. So Satan's domain, all that he has, sickness, disease, everything that he brings, addiction, oppression, you have been taken out from under his authority and put into the kingdom of the son of, your, of his love. So anytime the devil shows up in your life or my life, he's trespassing. He has no right in the kingdom of light, in the kingdom of God. And you've been taken out of his kingdom, right? In Romans 1:16, Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it... The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So the gospel, the message of what Jesus did in his death, burial, and resurrection, it is the power of God. So literally when you and I believe the message of the gospel, the same power that was present in the event, get this, The same power that was present in the event because the gospel, the good news about what Jesus did, it is the power of God. So when we believe the message, the power that was in the event is released right when we believe the message. Now, it says here that it's salvation to everyone who believes. Now, that word salvation According to uh, Dr. Schofield in his notes in his Bible on Romans 1.16, it says it implies the idea of deliverance, of safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. Right? And he's talking about both the Greek and the Hebrew words that we translate salvation or save. Deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. Salvation is the great inclusive word of the gospel, gathering into itself all the redemptive acts and processes such as justification, redemption, grace, propitiation, imputation, um, forgiveness, sanctification, and glorification. So the gospel is the power. Now people say, well, I'm just waiting for you to pray for the sick. Well, I'm just waiting for you to believe the gospel. Because really, prayer is not the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. And the same power that was in the event is released when we believe the message of the gospel. Uh, my, My favorite translation here is a Stephen's translation. It says, the gospel, I say, can make, can save men 
For in it, a way is revealed in which sinful men may be accepted before God and may stand in his presence approved and forgiven. Faith is the condition, the procuring cause of the hum on the human side and of the acceptance and also its result. Now, one translation says it this way. The gospel is God's way of making men as righteous as himself. Now, if you're religious, that blows your mind, all right? But the gospel is God's way of making men and women as righteous as himself. Second Corinthians five, verse 21, he that knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So at the cross, Jesus, God, God took Jesus' righteousness and gave it to you. And he took your sinfulness and put it on Jesus. Right. What an exchange. How many of you realize you got the better end of that deal? Right. He gave us his righteousness. That's why the gospel is the way that God makes men as righteous as himself. That's why through the gospel, you can stand before God without feeling guilty. Matthew chapter eight, verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirit with a word. He healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. We read this just a little while ago. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, right? When you look at Jesus, you find that Jesus went about doing good and healing. In 2 Corinthians eleven four, it says this, for if he comes and preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, right? Uh, there are people that preach a different Jesus. It's a Jesus that used to do something but doesn't do anything anymore. That's a different Jesus, right? Or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, right? The Holy Spirit, uh, he's the spirit of the gifts, the gifts of the spirit. You know? But yet we have people today who say, well, you know, all that passed away. That's a different spirit. Or a different gospel, which you have not accepted. See, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? Christ redeemed us, Galatians 3. I want to take a moment here. Galatians 3, 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it's written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. The curse of the law is found in Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning with the 15th verse, right? But you've been redeemed from it, right? And it really, it's poverty, spiritual death, sickness, disease, confusion, failure. All of them are part of the curse. But let me read some of the things that are listed, all right? In verse 20, it says you're redeemed from Confusion, from cursing, and from rebuke. Vexation, rashes, seizures, confusion, panic, 
in dysentery. I believe it's the King James that talks about the botch. And I don't even know what it is, but I don't want it. All right. It says, in plagues that cling to you, pestilences that cleave to you from which you cannot be healed, uncurable diseases, right? Fever, inflammation, severe burning, right? Scorching, mildew, consumption, fever, infection, boils, hemorrhoids, incurable itch, senility, insanity, blindness, fear, panic, tumors, and ulcers. The 29th verse says you'll be unable to find your way and you will never be a success in life. The 31st verse includes boils from your crown of your head to the soles of your feet, malignant, incurable sores. Verse 59 says extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, generational plagues, generational sicknesses, perpetual plagues on you and your children, right? And then this is the one that I just love, verse 61. And also every sickness and every plague that's not written in the book. <laughs> just in case yours was not mentioned. So it's all of the sicknesses and all the plagues and all the diseases that are mentioned and all the sicknesses and all the diseases and all the plagues that are not mentioned. So that's just all of them, right? You're redeemed. Healing belongs to you. Does not matter what it is, you're covered. You are covered. Christ redeemed you. When he went to the cross, he became a curse. See, he is the only one who perfectly fulfilled the law. Perfectly. And then he took your place. And in God's eyes, you perfectly fulfilled the law in Christ. But he took your curse for all of your violations of the law. God's name, he actually has seven compound redemptive names in Hebrew. And one of them is found in Exodus 15 verse 26. He says, for I am the Lord who heals you. Some translations say, I'm the Lord, your physician, right? In the Hebrew it's, I am the Lord, Jehovah Rapha, right? Now in Psalms 138 in verse two, it says this. It says, you have magnified your word above all your name. In other words, whatever God has said, he so honors and so magnifies it he said that if God does not do what he said, he's not who he is. He simply is not who he is. He said, my covenant I will not break nor alter the word that's gone forth out of my lips. He said, he's your healer. He said, he's your redeemer. He said, if I don't do that, he said, I will not alter the word that's going forth out of my lips, All right? In second Peter, in fact, I, I'm planning in a couple of, Sometimes when I plan a couple weeks, it takes six months, but I'm planning, all right? I'm doing a message on the promises of God, all right? But it says this, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Now notice it says that he has given. So often we're trying to get God to do something, all right? But God already looked ahead and he saw every need that you would have and I would have and he's already taken care of it in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, all right? By which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust All right so he's given us exceeding great and precious promises remember the word that's going forth out of his mouth he will not alter right and he's magnified his word above all of his name in first uh, excuse me second corinthians 120 it says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Every one of those promises, those exceeding great and precious promises, from God's perspective, you say, God, what about that one? He says, it's yours. Yes. Yes. And you say yes, and God says, amen, so be it. All of them. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that's going forth out of my mouth. Right? So what are some of those promises? Well, he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases, right? He himself bore your sicknesses, carried your diseases, and by his stripes, healing was purchased for you. You may say, well, then why don't I have it? Because the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You have an enemy. Do you have an enemy of your soul? First Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Verse 9, resist him steadfast in the faith. Right? We have got to, to grab hold of what belongs to us. Right? Take hold of it by faith. Right? Uh, one more scripture here. We're going to pray for some people. Uh, Matthew 15, verse 22. And behold, a woman of Cana came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So this woman did not have a covenant with God because she was not of the seed of Abraham, right? Then she came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the, the little dogs. But she said, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus answered and said to her, oh woman, great is your faith. I love what it says in, in the Greek, mega. I like to call this mega faith woman, all right? She would not take no for an answer, all right? Mega is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desired. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus called healing, the children's bread. It's the children's bread. Healing, deliverance belong to us as believers in Christ, all right? We, are don't, we don't need to try to get God to do something. Jesus already went to the cross. Right? 
he went to the whipping post. He received the bruises and by his bruises, by his stripes, healing was purchased for us. Right? And God's not withholding. God is not withholding. We do have an enemy who stands in the way. Right? But when we grab hold by faith, we receive. We receive. So we're going to uh, pray for some people tonight. So if, if you've come tonight, in fact, why don't we all just stand up? And I'd like for the, the worship team to come back up. If, if you've come tonight and you'd like to have hands laid on you, again, Jesus said, these signs will follow them that believe. He said, they'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I want to say what I said this morning, right? Very often what we're looking for is a miracle, instantaneous, right? But Jesus said they'll recover a process. James chapter five says the prayer of faith will save this lick. The Lord will raise them up again, process, right? So when we prayed for, we believe we receive, right? And then at that point, we begin to amend as long as we keep on believing. We just keep on believing, all right? Um, I want to just mention, um, when we lay hands on people, the first thing that laying out hands is, is it's a point of contact. By the way, in Hebrews chapter six, it mentions the six fundamental doctrines of Christianity, all right? And one of those is the laying on of hands, all right? So the first thing that laying on of hands is, is it's a point of contact. It's a point where you begin to believe. Because at some point, you have to stop saying, I'm gonna get healed. And you have to say, I received my healing and I am healed by his stripes, I am healed, all right? At some point, you begin to believe. Laying on of hands should be that point, all right? When hands are laid on you, you say, I believe I receive. Thank you, Lord, healing is mine. Also, often when hands are laid on someone, there is an anointing that, that literally shows up, all right? Um, sometimes a person literally just begins to cry. We saw people this morning, saw people to just cry. Other people just begin to shake. Some people would fall down, right? Um, somebody said, well, where's that in the Bible? Well, first of all, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the uh, Pharisees send a cohort of Roman soldiers. Now, a cohort is one-tenth of a legion. So most likely that's 620 people. And they said, we're looking for Jesus. And Jesus said, I am. And the Bible said, every one of them fell over backwards. The power of God hit every one of them, all right? In Acts chapter 10, Peter is praying and the Bible says he falls into a trance, all right? And, and literally, if you're looking for a Bible name for what happens, we, people say, oh, they got slain in the spirit or something like that. But the Bible name is you fell into a trance, all right? Um, in the Old Testament, the priest would be in the temple and the Shekinah glory would fill the temple. And the Bible says they couldn't stand. They're, they're flat, right? They couldn't stand when, the, when the, the, the glory of God, the presence of God just became so strong. So that can happen. Now, the person who falls down doesn't get more healed than the person who doesn't, all right? But God just ministers to different people in different ways, all right? So I just wanted you to be aware of that. So 
if you're wanting to be prayed for tonight, I want to invite you to just come forward and uh, just make a single file line right across the front. And uh, we are going to lay hands and as long as we've got uh, room, otherwise, just go ahead. If the uh, front fills up, just stand in the aisle. Right? Now, it's really important what you do when you're up here or even when you're waiting. Right? Uh, you can just kind of watch what's going on. But what you really should do is you should be worshiping. You should be thanking God for redemption. Thank him for the gospel. And get ready, get ready, get ready to receive. All right? So I'm going to ask everybody to extend your hand and let's pray a prayer. Father, we thank you that you are the Lord, our physician, the Lord, our doctor. That you forgive all our iniquities and you heal all of our diseases. That he himself, Jesus, bore our sicknesses, carried our diseases, and by his stripes, healing was purchased for us. And we thank you, Lord, that we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus and that you have taken us and translated us out of the kingdom of darkness, out from under Satan's domain and placed us into the kingdom of the son of your love. And because we are redeemed, every sickness, every disease, every attack of the enemy, you're trespassing on God's property. And we bind you in Jesus' name. And we command you, go, loose God's people in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the yoke-destroying, burden-lifting power of God flowing into your people. That there is freedom, that there's healing, that there's restoration, that there's soundness from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet. We curse cancer. We command you to die in Jesus' name. We command arthritis, go from these bodies in Jesus' name. We command every heart, be strong, be normal. We command every cell, every organ, and every body to function with the perfection God created you to function. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.